Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is your host, Jim Cockrum, and I've got an episode today that is a list. Let's call it a top 10 list, if you will. Although I may go a little past 10 here. I've actually got 11 things I'm going to run past you here. And these are the most common ways that I've seen people go off the rails and, quote, fail at online business. Although you've never actually failed until you quit. But these are the things that I've seen really derail people and take their focus off of the prize. Maybe they were determined to have a full-time business. They wanted to use the internet and they wanted to have that flexibility versus having a traditional job. And it was probably one of these things that threw them off and made them decide that for whatever reason, They weren't going to pursue internet business any longer, and they were going to go back to something more traditional. And there's nothing wrong with that. It happens, you know, people do that, and it's great. People have great careers that they love. They have jobs that they love. That's beautiful. But for those of us who want to have the flexibility of an internet lifestyle, what are those things that can throw us off that track? Now, obviously, not generating enough revenue to be able to to pay the bills and live the lifestyle that you want, that's... Ultimately, just like every plane that's ever crashed, it was gravity that brought them down. Same thing every time. But what malfunction happened, what misstep or miscalculation or poor judgment went into gravity taking over, well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So obviously, if you're making significant enough money, you can maintain your business. If you're not, you can't. But what are the symptoms that go into causing that loss of revenue? What are those things that cause you to get in over your head or to get frustrated or confused to the point where you just kind of throw in the towel and give up the business? Because at this point, just to set the, the credibility of my ability to speak into this, I've been doing this for 20 years. We've taught literally thousands and thousands of people how to succeed using the internet creatively. We've grown an incredible community of people who are doing just that. And it's very common for us to see incredible success stories several times in any given day. But it's not uncommon for us to also get notes from people that say, hey, I gave this a shot for six, nine months. It's not working. You guys are awesome. Love you. But, you know, I'm going back and I'm doing something else. I got a great job offer. I found another opportunity, that sort of thing. So this is me observing what went into Not people who failed. I don't want to call them failures, but people who kind of gave up on using the internet creatively to grow a business. So hopefully that makes sense what we're talking about here. I'm not talking about people who are failures. I'm talking about people who have given up on the dream of having great income using the internet creatively. Typically, it was one or a handful of the things I'm about to give you. So if you can avoid these things or learn to combat the things on this list, learn to recognize when you're falling into these patterns or traps, you will be very much more positioned for success than you would be otherwise. So these are the things that can tend to derail you. And as I go through the list as well, I'm going to give you somewhat of an antidote for each of these. In some cases, it will be obvious, but I want to go through and make sure that you know how to combat these different traps and pitfalls. Um, One other thing before I start the list too, if you've read the Silent Sales Machine book, which is the book that this podcast is based on, 
you'll see there's a suckers list in there. You should check that out too. I'm not so much going to spend time on that because uh, that is a list of all the things where if you're new to seeking out business opportunity, those are some of the things you can fall into that look like very attractive opportunities, but they really aren't. You know, the list has on it things like um, affiliate income. I would say 99% of everyone who sits down one day and says, I'm going to generate a bunch of money using the internet and only affiliate income, meaning you're promoting other people's products and websites and getting paid a small percent. If that's your business plan, your odds of failure are off the charts. So I go through and there's a handful of other, I'm not talking about business opportunities like that, where your odds of success are just super thin. I'm going to assume that you've done your homework. You're talking about legitimate business models where you have a high odds of success if you can just avoid the pitfalls, avoid the guardrails on the side of the road and keep rolling. That's what I'm going to talk about today. So if you want to hear about those, the sucker list, as I call it, you know, only suckers fall for these business plans. Well, you need to grab a copy of the Silent Sales Machine book. It's only five bucks silentsalesmachine.com has a link right to Amazon. You can see hundreds. I think we've got, no, I'd say 700, maybe five-star reviews, just pretty significant for a business book. Not many books in that territory. So go grab a copy of that and go through, look for the sucker list and all those business opportunities that you don't want to get caught doing. But let's say you're doing a legitimate business model. You're in our community. You listen to this podcast. You listen to people who have been teaching internet education the right way for a long time, as evidenced by a massive audience of success stories. You're, so you're getting good at content. You're in a good community. Here's the things that you want to be careful of. Here's the things that I've seen throw people off. Let's start with the first one. Testing too big. Testing too big. T-O-O, as in too much. You're putting too much weight into your tests. Here's an example. Instead of buying 10 to 20 units to test out an idea on Amazon, you go out and buy 500 units because you feel really good about it. I don't care what the numbers told you. I don't care what the data told you before you started selling. I don't care what some tool or app told you about the opportunity. I want to know what the customer behavior is. And you can tell within 10 to 20 units what you've got going on. And I know the objections here. Some will say, well, I can't order just 10 or 20 units. They're forcing me to buy, you know, 300 units. No, you can buy 20 units of anything if you're creative enough. Maybe you have to pay retail for it. I don't care what you pay for it. Test small. I don't care if you lose money on the test. And you won't either because you tested small. Always test small. There's no need to fill your garage with anything that's not proven yet. That's one of the biggest things we've seen. And it's a, it's a common theme, especially with some very popular courses in the marketplace that have sold to far too many people, in my opinion, who weren't ready to take business seriously online. And they teach you to do your research, do your homework, you know, look at the numbers, look at the charts, look at the data. And once you've found a product, go all in. It's going to take you ten to $20,000, put it on the table, Let's spin that roulette wheel and we'll market our way out of that hole you've dug. I've got to tell you, I, I do occasionally hear success stories. We've a handful of them on this show where people won playing the game that way. But the vast majority of the time they lose and they lose big 
and it's frustrating and that derails them and they throw in the towel. They're in debt. They've got inventory. They can't move. It's a sad situation. I can tell you this. We've never coached or consulted or counseled anyone into that direction ever because the theme is test small. So the first pitfall, testing too big. If you can just test small, you're going to do great because it may not be the second or the third or the fifth or the ninth small test, but maybe it's the 10th or the 15th small test where suddenly you discover you're onto something powerful. And what did it cost you in time, effort, and energy to get there? Very little. Test small. If there are any new rules of business that are available to us, thanks to the time that we live in, it's that. It wasn't possible to test small in the 70s and the 80s even into the 90s. If you had a business concept, you couldn't test small. Are you kidding me? Business wasn't for people who were thinking, let's test small. Business was for people who are willing to write really big checks and hope it all worked out someday. Well, now we have the ability and the option and the opportunity to test small. So why not? Why aren't you testing small constantly? Next, you're looking for an autopilot opportunity. You want to set it and forget it. And a lot of these roadblocks or these pitfalls that you can stumble into, these are just timeless truths of business. We'd like to think that the rules of business have all changed because of the internet, but they really haven't. Even the the test small, if it was possible to test small in the 50s, 60s, and 70s in business, you should. Absolutely, you should. Well, now it's possible. That doesn't mean there's a new rule. It just means now there's a few new things possible because of the tools that we have right? Doesn't mean there's a new rule. So testing small, being prudent, thinking things through, proving out your theories before you leap, that's always been smart. Well, same with looking for an autopilot business. There's a timeless rule of business. And you've got to remember in reference, if you haven't listened to episode zero of this podcast all the way back in time, we laid down a foundation that everything we teach on this show is bounced off of a timeless biblical truth vantage point And I won't go real deep into it, but you can prove, if you gave me about 45 minutes, I could prove and convince anyone that the most powerful business book ever written was the Bible as evidenced by more success in business among those who take the Hebrew language and apply Hebrew principles, timeless biblical principles to business. Regardless of your worldview, those principles have been the fuel behind the greatest business success stories of all time. Again, regardless of worldview, it's those principles. One of them is success means you're going to be working. If you're looking for an autopilot solution where you can hit the right buttons, buy the right course, do the right thing, set up the right website, and then walk away and just make money indefinitely and go live on a beach, you know, sip cool drinks out of a coconut because you bought the right course and hit the right buttons on your keyboard, That opportunity is not out there. So stop trying to create that opportunity. It's not going to happen. Now, there are people who've made a lot of money and go do those kinds of things, but their money is slowly dwindling. There's got to be someone in charge that's keeping an eye on the metrics, that's improving the machine, that's paying, you know, if you've got a lot of margin, competitors are going to come and go after that margin. It's going to happen every single time. You can't just set it and forget it. That doesn't exist. Now, you can create processes, but those processes are going to need someone to pay attention to them. You can bring in good help, 
but you're going to need someone to manage that good help. And no one's going to manage your money and your business better than you ever. You can't just turn that over to somebody else and forget about it. It doesn't work that way. So if you're looking, just because the internet has websites that run 24-7 and you can get orders while you're sleeping, that doesn't mean that now you've built something that you can just ignore. I know of exactly zero people who have achieved that level of success using the internet where they did the right thing for a few months or a couple of years and then just walked away from it and it's generating them crazy income. It doesn't work that way. It's going to take work. It's going to take effort and energy. Now, the flexibility is beautiful. And that's what we get so excited around here about is you have this flexibility. You can start your workday when you want. You can end it when you want. You can take your work with you in your pocket anywhere in the world if you have internet. It's beautiful, the flexibility, the potential for incredible income. But if you're looking for autopilot, I've seen a lot of people get frustrated saying, wait, I didn't realize it was going to be work. I didn't realize I was going to have to monitor this thing. I didn't realize I was going to have to take care of all these details. Yeah, you're in business. The rules of business have never changed. They never will change. It, you know, serving others well requires work. So you've seen some people get derailed with that one. And again, these were no particular order, but I just wanted to go through them because it, hopefully some of these will, will raise a flag if you start to see yourself drifting in this direction or thinking this way. Business success takes work. Newsflash. I know that's not big news to many of you, but we've seen some people get frustrated. Hey, I'm still working. I've been doing this a year and I'm still having to work. Yeah, you're going to have to continue to work. Build systems, hire great people, keep the numbers heading up, but it's always going to be work. Something else. Next, shiny object syndrome. That's just a classic flaw of, I think it's something that all entrepreneurs deal with, especially internet-based entrepreneurs, where there's always new great ideas and you're seeing someone's incredible success story and you start thinking, wow, I wonder what they're doing. Maybe they're doing something a little different than me. You know, I want to go kind of do what they're doing now. You've got to remember, everyone's success is based on their circumstances, the people they know, where they live in the world, their current situation, their knowledge base, who they can call to bail them out of a, of a snag. You know, they've got advantages that, that you don't have, just like you have advantages that they don't have. That makes everyone's opportunity completely unique. So if you see someone else who's succeeding, be inspired by that. I've heard some people say, oh, I don't like reading other people's success stories. It just depresses me. Well, that's a character flaw inside of you that you need to fix. Because when I see a success story and when someone who has a healthy business mind sees a success story, they're inspired and encouraged. And they say to themselves, what can I learn from that person? How can they help me advance what I'm working on? Not how can I go do exactly what they're doing? Because you'll never be exactly them with their relationships and circumstances and connections. And they will never be exactly you. You have huge advantages that they don't have, but you can learn lessons from their story. Shiny object syndrome happens when you jump from opportunity to opportunity because you read a cool story, you hear a cool podcast episode, you hear someone speak from stage and they're compelling and you buy their course or you see their web series on YouTube and you think, wow, now that's the guy I've been looking for. And you jump into their community. You've got to commit and stick with it. You've got to focus on what path you've been on, what advantages that gives you, what relationships you have, where you're at in the journey the momentum you have, 
is going to get you where you're going faster than constantly shifting direction and changing momentum. It's like a law of physics, right? If the goal is to get as far as you can down a certain direction, if you're constantly slamming the brakes and changing directions, you're not going to get very far. And that's what shiny object syndrome is. So when people say, well, what's the best opportunity that you teach? What's the best opportunity? We've got probably 25 ways that you could build an incredible business using the internet creatively. You know, it comes down to three basic strategies, really. You know, I don't want to get anyone overwhelmed here. The silent sales machine book identifies those three. And within those three, there's a good handful that each one of them, that you, different ways we've seen these applied. All kinds of strategies, for example, for finding profitable products to resell online at a nice markup and create an incredible business. So while we say, yes, selling physical products online is a huge opportunity, that's the S. There's three business models. There's a C, there's an E, and there's an S. That's the S, selling physical product. But there are probably a couple dozen ways actually just inside that strategy. How do you find profitable inventory? So once you've locked onto one of those and you have momentum, don't abandon it because you see something else that excites you or is interesting or someone has a compelling story to share. You can't just walk away from those opportunities that are already in play. So we call it around here bolting instead of bouncing. We talk about multiple income streams. You always bolt down the streams that are working. If it's a $200 a month income stream that you've got, don't walk away from it until you've bolted it down. Now, if it's taking more of your time, effort, and energy than is justified for $200, you may walk away from it. But if you've got a system that's generating you a couple hundred bucks a month, and it takes only a few minutes a month to maintain, hey, bolt it down, put someone else in charge of it, or you know, outsource, find a find a partner, find someone else, you know, scale it up slightly so that it's a thousand dollars a month and it takes an hour of your time. Very worth doing it. Bolt it down. And then you start adding on other complementary income streams. You don't bounce around from idea to idea, starting over from zero constantly. You won't get there that way. Bolt, don't bounce. And one of the hidden lessons I don't think we've ever shared, you may have heard us talk about bolting and not bouncing before, but if you're characterized by bouncing, that's really hard on relationships. People who bolt down processes are seen as reliable. They're seen as trustworthy. People want to partner with you. People want to work with you if you bolt things down. If you're constantly bouncing, it's like it's like if you're a hiring manager at a, at a company and you look at someone's resume and they've been at eight different jobs the last two years, they're bouncing as opposed to someone who had their previous position for 14 years and had a had beautiful, you know, endorsements and had a lot of a great experience and that business unfortunately closed. Who would you hire knowing nothing else about these two people? You'd want the person who bolted down, made it work, made things stick, be characterized by that. People are noticing, not just your business and numbers are noticing these things, but the people who are watching you, the people who are relying on you, the, those future potential partners. It means something to a lot of people, for example, when I say I've been doing this for 20 years. Most of my competitors can't say that. A lot of my competitors came out of this community eight months ago and they're trying to launch into, and, and they're having a degree of success, but for someone who's willing to do the research and look and, okay, do you want to work with someone who's been doing it 20 years and launched his own competitors over the course of that time, or someone who just started a few months ago and they've got a bright, shiny story to share. People who are willing to do the research are going to trust the people who 
bolt down, who are consistent over a long period of time, don't have shiny object syndrome. That will throw you off the path to success. And that's the third tip. Let's jump on to number four. Again, no particular order, but if you show me the community you're in, I'll show you your future. Our son just enlisted in the military. He went into basic training just yesterday. Big emotional day for mainly for his mom, for his girlfriend, and of course, for the whole family. We're going to miss him while he's away. Very, very proud of him. But I wrote him a little letter. And one of the things I included in there was a reminder, something he's heard me say many, many times. And it has to do with the same advice I'm giving you now. And it's this. I love this classic advice. Let me just back up a step. I love those things that tell you a lot about a person without having to actually meet the person. Because once you can identify those, you can really apply a lot of wisdom to your own life and to who it is that you associate with and and do things and build things with. And if all I know about you are who you hang out with, for example, well, then I know a lot about where you're going. If all I know about you is how you spend your money, I know a lot about you. I don't even need to meet you. If all I know about you is what books you've read in the last year, I know a lot about you. And maybe you say, well, I haven't read any books in the last year. Yeah, I know a lot about you. (laughs) I know you probably watch Dancing with the Stars and Netflix, you binge. And I know about your discipline level, right? I know a lot about you without meeting you by a few key indicators. And one of the big ones, and this is big for you in business, in internet business, this is huge. This is an indicator. If all I know about you is the communities that you run in online, what events have you attended? What Facebook groups are you in? What email lists are you subscribed to? That's all I know. I know a fair amount about your odds of success. Because if you're in a community like ours of positivity, of encouragement, where success is seen as something that anyone can achieve if they were willing to put in the work, not that success is limited to a handful of people who know the latest secret strategy. No, it's it's abundant. Anyone can do this. The steps are there. The rules of business have never changed nor will they ever change. If you serve people well and you do it profitably, you're going to stay in business. Around here, we define profits. Remember, you've heard me use this definition before. This is my personal definition of profit. It's those funds generated that allow me to continue serving well without needing donations. A business is just set up to serve customers. And if you can do it without needing donations, well, then you can continue serving without needing anyone else's outside input, you've got a sustainable model. That's what profit is. I can serve without needing donations. So profitable businesses understand that. Serving well is how you stay in business. So you want to be a part of a community that thinks that way, operates with an abundance mindset, not some kind of pie in the sky. If I just dream about my yacht enough, suddenly I'll have a yacht. I don't fall for that garbage. But if you have big goals and you set, up, set about getting on the path to achieve those goals, that's powerful. And if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are thinking that way, who are succeeding, who are willing to share what they know, creative partnerships all around you, you're going to succeed well. So what community are you in? And if you tell me, I'm not in any community, well, that's the lone wolf syndrome is what I call that. And that's another bullet point on my list here. If you've got lone wolf syndrome, thinking I'm going to plow through businesses, it's just me. I don't need anyone else in here. I don't want anyone else mucking this thing up. I don't want the responsibility of partners and other people in my life. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to hit the right keys on my pretty little shiny keyboard. 
and I'm going to build the right website. I'm going to buy the right product. I'm going to make this happen. Just me, lone wolf syndrome. You're not going to get there. You may have a few wins here or there, but being a lone wolf, you will not arrive at where you'd like to be. Business is about relationships. So kind of back-to-back points here. Show me the community you're in. I'll show you your future. If you think you can do this alone, you can't. You're going to need other people. You're going to need to rely on them. You're going to need to take that risk that's involved in putting some of the weight on someone else and hoping they carry it well. That's a requirement if you're going to have serious, long-term, sustainable success. Because as, as good a health as you might think you're in, you're going to be sick at some point. And as great as your life might be now, someone you love is going to be gone at some point, and you're going to need a few weeks to recover. You know, life circumstances happen. You're going to need others to help. And we've learned that lesson around here countless times. You know, you can go back a couple of years, a couple summers ago, when we lost our house in a lightning strike fire. Total loss. I had to lean on my team. I did plenty of podcast episodes on that. Business continued to grow and thrive while we struggled through a very difficult period of time, just recovering. Everyone was healthy and safe. I always have to say that, but we lost all possessions. Total reset. Had to rebuild the whole house. Huge year and a half ordeal. Relied on the team very heavily. And a beautiful part of that is I learned some great lessons about exactly what I'm saying right now. I was being too much of a lone wolf on a lot of things. I put a lot of weight on some other people on the team. It's been so nice having that flexibility and freedom to be in my lane, relying on a team to help each person kind of being in their lane and doing the things that they're best at. It's a beautiful arrangement. I want that for you. But if you think you're going to do it as a lone wolf, you'll never have that. And when you have a down day, week, month, year, you're going to just watch the whole thing kind of crash and crumble around you. You won't have the relationships needed and your business certainly will take a huge hit. Hey, this is Jim. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic episode, but I wanted to alert you very quickly before we jump back to the show about today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by The Legends Group. That is a small group of sellers who gather primarily on Facebook, but also live at a couple events per year and talk about how to source products successfully to sell on Amazon. They specialize in retail arbitrage and online arbitrage strategies. If you want to check them out and find out more about them, there's only one link to use. That's provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Again, provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Go ahead and check them out. It is a phenomenal group. You can drop out anytime you want but I think you're going to love the regular trainings, the positive atmosphere. It's like a big family. And if you want to hang out with other people who are doing creative things, sourcing retail and online arbitrage style for Amazon, that is where you want to be. Hey, let's jump back into the show now. The next thing that could derail you is if you're like me and you're like most entrepreneurs who you know wake up in the morning with ideas floating around in their head and you know, at night have a hard time going to sleep because they're thinking of new things and do things they should have done and could have done and ways to tweak things, make it better. We have a tendency to get bored. We weren't built to put the same round peg in the same round hole all day for an hourly wage, you know, on an assembly line. 
that to us is a fate worse than imprisonment. We can't imagine it. So anything in our business that starts to feel that way, we get a little bored. Anytime it gets repetitive, we get a little bored. And while, yes, some of these things can be outsourced to others, sometimes we do it too soon. We think outsourcing means giving away all the projects, all the things we don't want to do. I just don't like doing that. Well, that means I got to hire someone else to do it. Hold, hold on now. You can't do that till the revenue justifies it. There will always be parts of your business that you just have to do, even though you don't want to. Sorry to be the one to let you in on the bad news. Maybe you've read some books or heard some experts or heard a TED talk where, you know, they, they disagree with that statement, but let me repeat it because it's, it's true of life in general. It's true in all areas. Faith, family, friendships, finances, it's true in all the important areas of life. There's going to be a lot of times where how you feel doesn't matter. If you want to do it right now, doesn't matter. If I'd like to put it off, no, you can't. You got to do the stuff you don't want to do. If it has to be done, you got to do it now. In fact, the best way to boil it down, I've shared this principle in the past. Some of you might remember it. It was that if I recall the number one tip for success in life given by our keynote speaker, Daniel Lappin, last year's conference, theprovenconference.com, if you need tickets for July, theprovenconference.com. The number one tip he gave for success in life was doing what had to be done when it had to be done. That's it. And just because you don't like doing it or it's boring or it's mundane, maybe there's a, let's talk about that little 200 or $1,000 income stream that you created. It's just so boring. It's so boring going through Facebook for 20 minutes every morning, Facebook marketplace, looking within 50 miles of my home or 20 miles of my home for anybody who has know, whatever that list of 15 objects are that you know flip for big money on eBay. It's just so boring. I don't care if it's boring. If it's serving customers well, generating positive revenue, you need to bolt it down. No one asked you if it was boring or not, or if you're excited. I'm just not excited about, I just don't feel passion. No one cares if you're passionate about it. Take your passion with you, build a system, create a job for somebody else, find somebody else who would just be exuberantly passionate. Find a single mom who can't leave home, you know, on Mondays and Wednesdays, whatever reason. She has these extra hours. Sure, she has some kids, but she can do some work online. Bring her onto the team and say, hey, here's your job. You're going to look for these 25 items within 25 miles of our city on Facebook Marketplace. These are the items we believe we can flip for profit on eBay. I'll give you a generous portion of it. You know, sign this non-compete. You're not going to compete with me. All right, here we go. Every day, you're going to jump in there for 20 minutes. You're going to look for these items. We're going to flip them on. You've just created a job. You've created happy customers. You've created opportunity. You've got money out there moving and you're benefiting from that movement. Boring for you, maybe, yes. Not for the other people who could be and should be doing that work with you for you. So don't get bored. If you abandon processes when they get boring to you, you will not succeed. You being bored is not anyone else's concern. No one cares if you're bored. Figure it out. If it's a profitable process, you've got to automate it. I've had couples come to me and we did an hour coaching call. And one of the things that, uh, this has been a few years back and they said, well, you know, we were doing this 
and that. And it was, you know, it was putting twelve, fifteen thousand dollars in the bank. But ugh, you know, it just it it wasn't we weren't passionate about it. We weren't we weren't enjoying ourselves. It was it was kind of boring. And I wanted to say, wah, nobody cares if you're bored. You were creating value. Think about your customers. Think about the opportunity. Think about the people you could and should be hiring to put in charge of that process who would wake up thrilled to be doing that instead of standing over a round hole, putting a round peg in it all day, every day. The chance to get on the internet, are you kidding me? And look over these pages and make these decisions, look over this chart, look over this graph, you know, find these opportunities. They would love to be doing that instead. The flexibility, you mean I can work anytime I want as long as I work, you know, eight hours a week. That's exactly, some people get thrilled by those kind of opportunities. Never mind that it's boring for you. No one cares that it's boring for you. Get your focus off yourself and think about the opportunity you've created to serve customers well, creating job opportunities for others, building your team, creating more relationships. You being bored is not an issue, except in your own head. You've got to get past that. So the stumbling block I'm talking about right now is I'm bored I'm not passionate about what I'm doing. Nobody cares. You need to get over that super fast because that is deadly poison to your business if you're concerned about your own boredom. Your own boredom just means you need to bring the right person onto the team. If it's a task that needs to be done and if there's a profitable opportunity there, when that task is completed, you being bored is not the issue that should cause you to abandon it. You need to bring in the right person. Okay, so I've beat that one up hopefully enough but I've seen this happen too many times. Like, ah, I just, I wasn't passionate about buying items and, and selling them for a profit on the, online. I just, I just couldn't, didn't get me going in the morning. Well, you know what should get you going in the morning? Serving customers well and creating opportunities to build a team and relationships, having your own business. That's why you started down this road. So you don't have to be the one doing those things, but you're the one who makes sure they get done. All right, let's move on down the list. So this one is another major theme in the Silent Sales Machine book, but I'll sum it up briefly. To borrow the phraseology I believe that I used in the Silent Sales Machine book, the most valuable asset you will ever have, I don't care what business you're in, online, traditional, any kind of business, the most valuable asset you will ever have. Come on, do you remember as a business owner? Cash in the bank is nice, obviously. But what gives you that momentum for success in the future? Having a pile of cash doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to succeed in the future. As evidenced by people who win the lottery and are broke five years later, the vast majority of them, regardless of the amount of money they win. So having money is not the greatest asset. What's the greatest asset you can have? Do you remember what it is? Those of you who've been around a while paying attention, you should know immediately the answer to this question. The greatest asset you will ever have in business is a community or group or list of people who can't wait to hear from you and work with you again. Can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Can't wait to see what you're going to promote next. That's the greatest asset you will ever have. Not a brand. Brands come and go. Competitors come in. Better price, better taste, better performance. Someone who's better funded, better marketing. You know, those things come and go. But if you've got an audience, if you've got a community of people that can't wait to hear from you, that's why I consider you right now listening to this podcast, you are part of the greatest asset that I own. And not that I own you, but as a group, this list is something that I can you know, 
put in my pocket, take with me access. And as long as I'm serving you well, you're going to keep listening. As long as I'm bringing value, when I bring you tools, courses, content, events, podcast episodes, guests, you're going to continue to listen. That's the greatest asset I have available to me is the community of people. So if you're putting your trust in your brand or in a strategy, a tactic, a technique, a business name, a concept, those are all great. But who's the community? I want to know who that community is. And that's why we're going to such great lengths to make this community available to the members of this community. What I mean by that is if you're a true leader, you have a great idea, you come to us with a unique twist or strategy, you fill a gap in what we have to offer around here. Well, we're allowing you to leverage. You know, It's a three-way win. You win because we're going to pay you well to bring us that new great content or concept. We win because once again, we're serving the community well, treating our asset with the time, attention, and care that it deserves. And of course, the community wins because they're getting you, as you're listening, you're getting great content and ideas. That's what all these courses are, all these proven courses, all bundled into, of course, the single provenamazoncourse.com. It's over 10 years old, just keeps getting better. We keep adding in new content, paying the content creators well. You benefit for your one-time investment and you stay abreast of all the latest, most creative ways to succeed on Amazon. It's a beautiful arrangement for everyone involved. That's how we've done it. To restate the simple lesson, that course is so awesome, not because I sit down 24 hours a day and study all the latest Amazon strategies and then teach them out of some ego-driven need to make sure that everyone thinks I'm awesome. No, we don't do that at all. I'm fully aware and admit openly, constantly, I'm not the smartest guy in the room ever. That scares me if that were to happen, nor is Brett, nor is anyone else on our leadership team. But when we say, hey, if you've got a great idea and you can prove it's a great idea, welcome to the stage, teach us all. And we've got this audience that's sitting, benefiting from this constant flow of great ideas Well, that's a special arrangement. The audience is the true fuel behind all of this. If we just had creative ideas, but no one listening to us, that a lot of people have that. A lot of people have great ideas with no one listening to them. The audience is the asset here. You've got to recognize that. So if you don't have your own audience, you need to be in a community where you do have access to that audience. The other audience that you have access to Besides your fellow business building warriors, and I've just told you how to gain access and get yourself in front of them, is our huge shopping list, the proven promo list, which we're tweaking and toying with. And we're seeing some incredible success stories and we're learning some lessons right now, but there's nothing like having the equivalent of 12 million email addresses of people who recently opted in and said, yeah, I want to hear about your deals of the day and your discounts and your products that are for sale. We love shopping online. We've got a huge list and we're figuring out how to leverage that as an opportunity, an asset that you can tap into. And already several hundred people from our community have done so. And we're tweaking our way through it right now. It's incredible. So there's another audience. That's the asset, the most valuable asset you will ever have as an internet-based business building warrior is a community of people, a list of names, an audience that wants to hear from you, can't wait to work with you want to see what you're going to do next. Always keep that in mind. You can get derailed if you forget that and start thinking that your brand is the thing that's going to get you over the hump long-term. You can make a lot of money building a great brand only if a big audience appreciates it. Remember one of the big lessons that we learned 
from a, a best-selling author who was on our podcast several episodes ago, you know, had a great selling book, one of the best-selling self-published books in all history and had very little to show for it a few years later because they hadn't grown an audience. They shipped books, but they didn't get the contact information and didn't have the ability to follow up with people and do other things with that list. The list was the asset, not the book. Hopefully these lessons are making sense to you as we're going through them. I'm well over halfway through my list. The next one I want to share, we've kind of already hit this theme, is locking onto and following one guru or one expert. I wouldn't even put myself on the list. If this is the only podcast you listen to, thank you. I, I appreciate that, but I'm not sure that's the healthiest thing for your business. You need to be filling your head with great content from proven leaders who are leading with proper ethical vantage point, who have a track record of success. They've built a team. You, you don't want to listen to people who are out there doing it on their own because they're taking you in a dangerous direction. You don't want to listen to people who are violating biblical standards because there's something in that system that will eventually break and fall, not because of some religious standard that they've violated, but because it's like the rules of physics. And again, I make this case, if you go back to episode zero, regardless of your worldview, there are, just like there are physical laws that we all have to operate within, like the law of gravity. You can't build a business model that denies the existence of the law of gravity. It's there. Whether you like it or not, it's there. There are spiritual laws that are exactly the same way. And this isn't theory. This is a provable fact based on facts and evidence supported by the world's longest longitudinal study of the success of a people group. That's the scientific basis of what I'm saying right now. There are spiritual laws that you simply can't ignore. So you want to make sure that the people you're listening to are operating, whether they're a Christian or not, is kind of irrelevant if they're operating with a biblical-based vantage point on the way the world works. Something you, you may not realize, you may never have heard, but in the Hebrew tradition, in the biblical Hebrew tradition, there's three things that never change. There's three things that are always changing, and there's three things that never change. And if you deny this, you're kind of operating in a state of uh, denial about the way the world actually works. It's the equivalent of saying, oh, I don't believe gravity actually exists. I live my life kind of ignoring the fact that gravity exists. I could walk off a roof anytime I wanted to. It would have zero impact. I mean, I may not do it today, but I could. You're kind of operating in a state of denial. People will look at you as strange. Your life's not going to end up in a good place. In the Hebrew tradition, they look at these six things the same way. And if you've ever noticed, the Hebrew star actually has six points. And there's two triangles, one on top of the other one. There's six points. That's what these points are. I'll just go through them real quick. Because if you're following people who deny the existence of these six truths, well, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. I've seen it happen over and over again. Oh, I can lie a little bit. I can cheat a little bit. I can burn a few relationships here or there. You know, who cares if I fudge on the facts? No, you're, you're destroying your reputation. You'll be considered a liar over the long, that's going to hurt your bottom line. It's very self-serving to operate with integrity. So what are those six points? Three things that never change, three things that always change. I've got this memorized. Let's see if I can go through it. You've got the nature of God and spiritual things. Those never change. Nature of God. The nature of man, man's nature never changes. 
never changes. Groups are very, very predictable. Now, of course, individuals are very random and unpredictable, but groups are very predictable, always have been. People are predictable. That's the second one. Human nature has never changed, will never change. Now, the third is the laws of nature, the laws of physics, the speed of light, you know, the freezing point of water, those things. They've always been the same. They always will be the same. Those things never change. Those are the three, never change. Three things that are always changing, medicine, science, technology. This is why you don't have words like cell phone in the Bible. Medicine, science, and technology, new terms, new phrases always coming about. The Bible addresses the timeless things of relationships and money and business. Timeless rules. Always been the same, always will be the same. But medicine, science, technology are always changing. So your ability to adapt to the new tools and the new technology and the new terminology and the new biological discoveries, if you mix this compound with that compound, you get a new substance. That's always going to be changing, medicine, science, technology. But the rules of relationships, human nature, the way the universe works, who God is, and that gets into a belief system a little bit. I understand that. But again, the most successful people group in the history of the world subscribes to this. One of the things you've got to be careful of is if you get into listening to or consuming content or believing strategies from people who don't subscribe to these basic foundational concepts, you can get yourself into trouble. Um, that's one of the reasons, for example, I'm maybe overly cautious, but when I see profanity on the cover of books, you know, you walk through an airport, and I wrote an article on this, you walk through an airport bookstore and you see profanity on the cover of half the bestsellers. Like, I just, I don't pick those up. I'm not going to fill my head with references to things that happen in the marriage bedroom and in a bathroom as I'm reading a book. I don't need to fill my head with that stuff as I'm reading a business book. I'd prefer not to have my brain pulled in that direction as I'm trying to learn a new lesson about my business. Some people are fine with it. That's cool. I'm not judging anyone right now. I just, I ignore that content. And as you listen to this podcast, you may have noticed we're way over 200 plus episodes. There's never been any profanity on this podcast. Why is that? Well, I want you to be able to listen to it with your kid in the back seat. That's not asking too much, is it? You can learn great concepts and get some new ideas and you can have your kid right there, your eight, 10-year-old in the back seat, and they're not going to say, mommy, what does that word mean? And then you're kind of embarrassed to try to explain it. Actually, this is part of the homeschool education plan for a lot of people in our community. They listen to this podcast. They discuss the episodes together, talk about the lessons. We love to hear when you agree and disagree and think differently, but it certainly opens us up to a much wider audience because we don't use profanity. So simple little lessons like that, that can really expand your business opportunities. That's what I mean by the concept of just following, for example, following a guru, following just one guru, especially if it's one who's leading you in a direction that leads you away from timeless truths because they've discovered something new and exciting. There's nothing new and exciting to be discovered in those areas. Faith, family, friendships, finances, the rules have always been the same. They always will be the same. So rely on the source that's most proven. Again, that longitudinal study, thousands and thousands of years. Go back to episode zero if you don't know what I'm talking about. All right, so what's the next thing that can throw you off the right path? And this is similar to the one we just discussed, but not exactly. If you think that the rules of business are different online than they are in the real world, that'll throw you off. If you think somehow that it's, you know, there's some magic bean potion going on because you got the internet on your side now. And we've seen this a lot with people who say, well, I, th I think I just need to learn how to advertise on social media. That's the next big thing. If I could just build a website, you know, this was the thing in the 
early 2000s, late 90s. Just, I, I need a website. Everybody has to have a website. If you have a website, boy, that's the key. We're learning very quickly that, you know, just because you plug this technology in doesn't mean there's some magic formula here. So don't fall for that thinking. The rules of business have never changed. You've got to provide value to your customers. You've got to provide them $50 of value that they only pay $30 for and it only costs you $20 to get it to them, right? I mean, that's the rules. The perceived value of what they're getting has to exceed what they're paying or they're not going to pay you. And you got to be able to provide it for less than what they're paying you. Those are the rules of business. And if you figure out a system that does that, you're going to make a lot of money. And if you can't, you're going to fail. The rules are the same online as they are in the real world. The benefits of the internet are you can test small. Remember that? That was at the top of our list. You can test small. You can learn what works very quickly. You can build incredible processes and systems that run with very little maintenance. You know, you don't have to wake up and oil the internet every day and give it a tune-up every 3,000 miles. It's there. It's operating 24-7. This incredible machine of business is running smooth all over the planet. Take advantage of it. There's some opportunities there for sure, but the rules are no different. We can do things better, faster, and cheaper, but the same rules are still in place for what it takes to succeed in business. So don't think there's a bunch of new rules that you have to learn. The rules of business have always been the same. They'll always be the same. The next one could and probably should be and has been in the past an episode all by itself, and this is the attitude. Attitude. That's it. We've talked about it plenty on this podcast. I'm not going to dive real deep into it because I'm going to start bringing this episode in for a landing. But if your attitude stinks, you're not going to succeed. It's that simple. It may sound cliche and you may be thinking right now, pouring through your memory banks of that grumpy old dude who owns a very successful restaurant, right? While there may seem to be exceptions, He's found a way to set aside how he feels and build great relationships. That grumpy old dude running that successful business, he's found a way to overcome that at some point to build some, because you can't just negative thought your way through business success. It's not going to happen. You've got to have an attitude that says, for every challenge that faces me, there's at least two or three, if not a dozen possible ways forward. If I surround myself with the right people, if I continue to learn and grow, there are solutions, that attitude, that positivity, it matters. And if you're, having a, if you're challenged with how to do that and the importance of it, you really need to go back to the episode that was the keynote from our 2019 conference in Illinois. That would have been posted probably about 20 or 25 episodes before this one. Look for the keynote from the Proven Conference and check that out because that will really help you and, and very scientific and factually break down why attitude's so important and how to improve it, how to work on it. It's very fact-based, very practical, if you will. Attitude matters. So if you've got a bad attitude, if you're not sure if you've got a good attitude or not, if you're kind of wavering, you're uncertain, well, I can tell you right now, you have, a, you have a terrible attitude and everyone else knows it because having a good attitude takes a lot of work. It's very intentional. Kind of like, I don't know if I'm if I'm being lazy right now, or if I'm really going all out, I can't, well, you're being lazy. Because <laughs> if you're going all out, you know, you're sweating, your heart's beating, you're, you're pushing against, you're resisting. 
everything that's telling you to stop. You know when you're going, and, and having a great attitude is kind of like that. You know when you have a great attitude because you're putting a lot of effort and energy into it. You'll never be uncertain if you have a great attitude or not, if you're really going after it and having, having one. Next, looking for big wins instead of little wins. And this has to do with taking big risks as well. But we celebrate little wins around here just as much as big wins, because by the time we're having a big win, we all saw it coming because of our testing. Again, and this is the last one on my list, but you've got to condition yourself to get super excited about little wins. What do I mean by a little win? Let's go back to my Facebook Marketplace example. You, it costs you nothing to get on Facebook Marketplace every day. Let's say you're brand new. You have the time to do this. You have the time to turn $20 bills into $100 bills, even if it takes you a little bit of research. And you, you were looking for, you know, let's use VCRs as an example. I just, it's an example that pops up frequently. Jeff Clark in our Facebook groups, always posting these little great finds that he's found. He's got it systemized out. He's searching every day, finding great stuff. So you learn, okay, VCRs, working condition VCRs. If there's one within 20 miles of my house, I'm going to get on it very quickly each day. And, you know, a handful of other items that are hot that I know I can flip for a good profit, do a little research on eBay, make it happen. You build an system. get very excited the first time that you start to discover that system. Like, hey, wow, okay, if, if every Saturday morning I commit from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. to look on Facebook Marketplace for these items I look back over my shoulder eight weeks in, I'm putting an extra $1,200 a month in the bank because of those three or four hours a week of effort. That's significant. That's something, celebrate that. Can I systemize this? Can I build it up? Can I build a team around it? How can I expand on this? Right? So celebrate those tiny wins because you can scale tiny wins into bigger ones. The thing you have, the thing you have to realize is the vast majority of people will never make a penny using the internet creatively. The vast majority of people will just spend money there. You're one of the people who earns money using the internet. Once you've figured out how to earn money using the internet, you've stepped into elite territory where now there's a whole world of opportunity. For example, why not start teaching other people how to do these things? There's people who are intimidated beyond belief at the idea of using the internet to make money. Start teaching them. Podcast, a book, a free class at the library, Call yourself a consultant. Start telling people, spreading the word, hey, I know how to use the internet to make money creatively. Maybe I'm not the most experienced in the world, but I know more than most. I've made money on the internet. I can teach you. So now you're teaching. Now you're creating content. That is a ridiculously valuable skill set that you have. It's more valuable than 90% of the college degrees that you could go get. In the, in the free open marketplace, Having the ability to earn money online is more valuable than 90% of the college degrees you could go get right now that would put you tens of thousands of dollars into debt. And you can do it in your spare time easily. So don't lose focus of how big it is to have those little wins because it puts you into that elite territory of someone who knows how to use the internet creatively to launch and grow businesses. That's a huge asset in your pocket. So don't lose sight of that. I've seen people throw in the towel and give up, and that's what this list was today. Things that can cause you to throw in the towel and give up because they didn't realize how valuable that information in their head was. 
there's all kinds of ways to benefit from helping others begin to go down that path that you've already successfully gone down. Even if you're only a few steps ahead of them, there's people willing to pay you to educate them, to partner up with them, to train them. Businesses, you know, that's one of the big business models that's in the Proven Amazon course, if you remember. We call it our PPP module, Proven Product Partnering. It's just going to businesses that don't have their stuff on Amazon yet and saying, hey, I can help you get your stuff on Amazon. Or even going to businesses where way too many sellers are selling their products. The manufacturer has, let's say, 50 sellers selling their product and they're beating each up over the price. You can go to that manufacturer and say, hey, how about you go with one seller? How about you go with me? Let's get you your own Amazon account. Let's get your brand registered. Let's get deals put together that no one can compete with. Bundles, creative bundles and such. Let's do some creative things here. And then you're the only seller of your product. You don't have all these other sellers beating each other up. And there's some great margins there for you. And I'll take a piece of those margins. You're capable of doing those kinds of things because you've had little wins. Because you went out, sold a few things on Amazon. You know how the process works now. Only 0.01% of our culture has any concept of how that process works. Yet millions and millions of people are using it every day. You're in elite space if you can have a few little wins. So don't lose sight of that. All right, I'm going to wrap this episode up. It took me a little longer than I thought it would. This is almost an hour episode and you hung in there with me the whole time. Thank you so much. That's incredible to think that you just spent an hour of your day. You could have been doing something else and maybe you were, but you spent time listening to these concepts. I'm honored by that. I'm grateful for your time and attention. Hopefully some of what I said or a lot of what I said today helps keep you on the right path as a business building warrior. Hey, God bless you. I love doing this show. Thanks for spreading the word about silentgym.com, the only link you'll ever need. And a few of the references I made today, I'll stick those in the show notes today as well at silentgym.com so you can jump over there and just click your way over to any of the resources mentioned. And we will do another episode very soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.